What is up, everyone, and welcome back to our Slab Sox live show here on Monday, 6 p.m. Eastern time. I'm back this week, and we have got a lot to talk about because the most expensive sports card sale, actually sports item sale of all time, occurred this weekend. I stayed up until, like, after 1 a.m. Central time, 2 a.m. Eastern time uh, to see the mantle sale go, go down, the 1952 uh, SGC 9.5 Mint Plus, the, quote, finest known example um, there's some writing behind that with back in the day when it was discovered and stuff uh, like the cleanest copy supposedly, you know, found and all that different good stuff. But uh, we have a great big discussion today to talk about the sale, maybe the ripple effect it'll have on the market uh, in the hobby. And then also looking at the differences in vintage cards between uh, SGC and PSA. There's been a lot of stuff that's been said after this sale or even leading up to the sale about SGC standing in the market compared to PSA, both for vintage and for modern. Uh, you know, videos circulating either SGC, you know, it's going to close the gap on PSA in both modern and vintage, or it's just going to be level in vintage and then modern. Um, it might drag behind the 10 values a little bit behind PSA, uh, whatever it might be. Uh, we'll discuss all that today on the show and also a lot more. But uh, Nate, how's it going? <laughs> it is good. It is good. It's a nice day out. We're talking big sales. What more <laughs> could you want? Yeah, exactly. Arsenal What's up, in first place. The Brewers have won two games in a row. Brewers two games in a row, man. If Yelich can uh, keep up that nice swing, maybe we have a chance to get hey, that wild card. If he can hit a home run every game, we're good. I, I think so. I think so as well. Uh, how are we doing, Tech? And how are we doing, Sam? We have a comment right away in from Sam. Actually, from 12.20 p.m. today, Sam was very early to make sure this comment was known with saying it won't affect the market at all, referring to the Mantle 9.5 sale. It's so far out of touch and reach that it's not going to change any sentiment at all in the market. Um, I would have to agree in a general sense, like, you know, that sale of the Mantle 9.5. Like, yes, how many people have got $13 million to drop on a sports card? Not many at all. And how many will drop that much? Not many at all. However, I think there is some things to be said for maybe what that sale and the connections to that sale and how it might affect the market. Now, we're not going to sit here and say, oh, the highest sports card sale of all time happened, so everything's going to go up in value, or all of you should run to grab all your you know graded vintage cards right now, or even grab your, grab your modern graded cards right now. Uh, not what we're going to do today at all. It's just going to be a look at sales values now versus six months ago, beginning of the year, two months ago, a bunch of different things, and talk about what we see might happen. Also, um, you know, see, hear from you all and what you all think too. Just like that great comment from Sam. So th Sam, thanks for anyone throughout tonight's stream. Feel free to drop comments and we'll read them off and uh, talk about them. Uh, Matthew first is wondering uh, how Nate is liking the West Coast. It's pretty nice. We just, my wife and I went for a walk the other day and there was mountains in there or hills, mountains in the background. Um, the weather was nice. The water, the river we were walking by, crystal clear. So, uh, you don't get any of those things in Wisconsin. At least the rivers I've been by have not been crystal clear. And uh, there's no mountains. There's hills. Wisconsin is definitely hilly, but uh, no mountains. So I've been enjoying that. Nate, well, I actually did see some mountains this weekend. And it was actually some SGC slab mountains in the basement here. With how many slabs came back Ain't from the, the Slab Sox grading service, which we just kicked off in August with the August National Promo. And there's actually now two days left to make uh, put submissions through on our online platform. If you go to slabstocks.com slash grading, uh, looking at the screen here, all the different promo codes are available right now. Through the end of August only, all the codes are deactivated after August 31st, the last day in August. Uh, if you aren't listening on podcasts right now, feel free to look up our account on Instagram at slabstocks uh, to see the promo codes. And we had a massive turnout for the August submission. So many cards were submitted. Um, and now that Mantle 9.5 sold, which was huge as well. So I think a lot of people are gravitating towards not only the service with us because it's the lowest cost you can find, especially with the promo, but the promo is done after August. But even going forward, we will be sending out submissions on the 15th and the 30th of every month. Cards need to be received in hand the day prior, meaning the 14th or the 29th, to make that given submission cutoff. Uh, it's been a lot of cards so far. Hopefully it continues. A lot of people are enjoying grain with SGC. Not only SGC, but sending through our service, $23 per card is the lowest you'll be able to find. It's a huge price break from SGC's website, and the turnaround times are super fast. Our last bunch was 1,000 cards. I was five business days, graded and shipped back to us in that amount of time. Uh, hopefully we see the same results here, coming up with that even bigger submission for the 30th group, but feel free, like I said, hop on. Here's a little picture of the platform, slabstocks.com slash grading. Uh, throw your order through, and uh, you got a couple days left to do that uh, with the promo. But like I said, if you don't have your cards right now, no stress because it'll be going 
you know, it'll be still be going slab sacks grading with SGC going forward. Um, you just need to do it in the next couple of days for the promo, but no rush if you cannot uh, make it in. We got to talk about a few sales from last night's PWCC weekly auction first before getting into the ripple effects of the mantle and everything. There were some monsters that sold last night. Three cars over 25K in a PWCC weekly auction. That's normally numbers you see from a premier auction. Those were some big sales last night, Nate. Yes, they were. Yes, they were. And can't believe Pokemon was number one. I know. I'm number still not one. not 100% sure what that card is. Yeah, and so I, I did a little. I don't understand I a little, why it says cut at the top. Yeah, I, I was very confused at first, too. It doesn't even say Pokemon on the label, actually. So what this is right here is the certification from PSA on this label is just for the auto. They're not even certifying that that card is like a legit card released from Pokemon. What I think it is, is I read this up um, on some of the PWCC content they put out for this uh, for this, uh, this set that they sold. It was like five different cards like this. These are either creators of the illustrations, the designers, the trading card game. Five of them were sold last night. This one is from Ken uh, Sigamori, who is actually, quote, uh, quote, the father of Pokemon, I heard, and was the original designer and illustrator for the trading card game. And it's a sick auto. It's a sick sketch of Pokemon. It is an artist sketch cut, as Tech was saying. And uh, what this was, was it was like handed out the 2004 World Championships for Pokemon or something, uh, blank ones. And then they drew on it, you know, signed it. And then it, it got authenticated here with the auto grade as a real auto. And uh, so for $33,000 last night, and uh, we asked the audience, you know, what was the best bang for the buck? And it ended up being the Kobe Flawless, in their opinion. Which makes sense, sports card audience. Um, although 30% of the votes for the Pikachu is pretty big, I have to say, Nate. Like, people knew what this thing was, you know. They knew better than me, that's for sure. <laughs> for sure. Uh, and then Tua, though, not very surprising. A $25,000 Tua card coming in at the lowest votes there at 8%. Uh, that was actually the second one we've seen sold in now two or one month. As a PSA 9 sold for 48000 last month. That's nearly a double difference between BGS 8.5 and a PSA 9. Um, it makes sense kind of like that's a ton of money once you you know take into account doubling a $25,000 card but I imagine that you know to get an 8.5 to move to PSA 9 is rather extremely difficult so it's probably like a PSA 8 or maybe worse so I, I can see why there's a huge difference in price people want their best condition cards for their best cards in the set type of deal and they'll pay up for it no doubt about it this was a fun one I thought Nate put together this little ba- uh, baseball uh, one up one down Nate why don't you explain this one real quick yeah so we've got on the left side Vlad Guerrero Jr. Um, to be fair, just a little bit of cheating. There was a uh, same card sold on a different website, <coughs> um, and uh, for the same price, eighteen thousand. But about a month prior, maybe a month and um, a couple weeks prior, one had sold sixteen thousand eight hundred bucks, and this Vlad, eighteen thousand. So up seven percent from that previous sale, even if it was you know slightly cherry picking on my end. <laughs> Um, and then, uh, you've got Mike Trout tops update diamond anniversary over here, PSA 10 at that sold at 8,100. Um, and prices for these were all over the place. Um, I could have chosen ones that sold for higher. I could have chosen ones that sold for closer. So I tried to get in the middle and two month trend here, um, dropped 20%, but there was, there was a couple other in there that a further drop. Um, and I don't know if there's any this low. This was definitely the lowest. There were some in the 8,000s in the last couple months, but uh, there was also multiple over 10. Got you. And this was a fun question I posed on Instagram. Which wh- which would you rather have? And if you're watching right now, uh, please feel free to drop a comment too and give your thoughts. Would you rather have one Vladimir Guerrero first Bowman Chrome Gold Auto out of 50 BGS 9.5 at an $18,000 valuation? Or would you rather have two of these Trout Diamond Anniversary Rookie PSA 10s at an $8,100 valuation and $1,800 in cash? This time I will let you get away with the taking the cash too, Nate. In your opinion, what's what's the play here? 56% of the votes that give me the two Trouts and the cash. Yeah, definitely definitely give me the two Trouts and the cash. Now, what if, but what now, if Vlad what if Vlad bounces back to like that MVP caliber? I mean, we were talking maybe like you know forty thousand dollar car. That that is that is the thing. Um <laughs> The two trouts and the cash is safer, but obviously if Vlad has another thousand OPS year and is MVP caliber again, and and it's not like Vlad's been been bad this year. He was a little bit disappointing um, for me for a, a while, 
and he went on a tear in the last month and uh, some change, and he is no longer disappointing. Um, closing in on 30 home runs, but uh, it's still, you know, like an 850 OPS this year, which which you're expecting you're expecting better um, things from a guy who had a thousand OPS. So yeah, huge upside if he if he bounces back to that thousand OPS. And if you look at Aaron Judge, you know, he had huge rookie season, you know, up in the MVP voting and then injury seasons and didn't perform. Well, he performed well when he was playing. But now with this massive year for Judge, you know, years later, Judge is hitting all-time high sales once again after he had a couple of years where, it, you know, prices dropped, wasn't playing as much, wasn't as consistent. So I do, you know, for my personal take, it'd be nice to have $1,800 in cash, go buy whatever you want with that. But honestly, Nate, I think the upside is so high with the Vlad compared to the trouts you know those trouts might drop for the next two years year or thir- you know six months so i would go with the vlad in my opinion and then if you were looking to spend on a budget last night there were some nice little deals you could get um either between that tom brady immaculate right there that mark vientos psa nine that's a first bowman for 78 bucks yeah, can you believe that it's a pretty nice little deal there we why didn't we get that <laughs> i mean I'm i didn't even know <laughs> there's so many cards in the auction it's hard to see them all Right, exactly, which is if you put in some time, you can find some deals. It's well worth it. All right, moving on here. Time to get into the Mantle discussion. First of all, if you're watching, feel free to just comment your thoughts on the final sale price. Um, In general, I mean, obviously, $12.6 million is a lot for two reasons. One, it's just a ton of money. But two, it's significant because this is the first sports card to ever sell for publicly. Um, even though, who knows if there's been any to sell for over privately. We haven't heard about it all. Uh, for over $10 million, hitting the eight-figure mark. Uh, for the first time ever, the 9.5 min plus from the Mickey Mantle. And that beat out the previous top item, which was a Diego Maradona. Uh, this is the game used jersey from his Hand of God goal, which is actually insane. This sold for $9.8 million, I think, or $9.2 million six months ago, a year ago, somewhere in that range. And uh, it's a huge, huge, huge historic piece, obviously. This is a true one-of-one, one, uh, which... Begs the question, you know, if it's investment sake, Nate, investment, this is not, you know, you'd like cards more. I like cards more. Maybe you like game use jerseys more, whatever it is. Just take that out of the picture of what you would like more. But from a purely like buy this 30 years from now, someone is going to walk up and maybe pay you more. Which one would you rather sink nearly $10 million in? A one of one game born complete jersey of Maradona, one of the most famous soccer moments of all time, or a Mickey Mantle 9.5 min plus, which looks really great. It's not the finest known example, which I've seen some posts. Um, Jason from OTI Sports says he's seen the three other PSA 10s in hand, and this one is just as nice as the three PSA 10s. One of this card or the jersey? Well, I'm pretty biased as a <coughs> as a uh, sig- significantly higher baseball fan to soccer fan, right? Yeah, yeah, but, um, but let's take all, all bias, Nate. Just, I, know, just, I know, I know, I know, I know. When you say one of one jersey, what does that mean? What I'm trying to say is you're not going to get another game worn jersey of Maradona from the hand of God goal. Like you can find another 52 gem mint to mint plus condition mantle. I mean, there's probably mantles out there that nobody's seen that are in good condition. <laughs> Maybe not this good, but you're right. There's a lot, you know, there, there's um that being said, that being said, if you know cards or even if you don't know cards, you've probably seen that mantle somewhere. If you don't know soccer, you might not even ever heard of Diego Maradona. Because you know why I know that? Because you're looking at a guy who hadn't heard of him like two years ago <laughs> in his entire life. There's um, some arguments here. One from and, Go ahead. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's tough because it's like I didn't know soccer. I'd never heard of the guy. I still have never seen the hand of God goal. Um, that up. But uh <laughs> I do know cards, and even when I was a kid, I would have known what a what this card looked like. Mm-hmm. You're just saying um, that it t- that it can maybe touch more Americans for sure, obviously, but at least yeah. from a, a recognizable standpoint, the male 52. I agree with you, like iconic wise, like from the card perspective, this is so important. Um, it's very hard to know, you know. Like I feel like that you're gonna have a bigger buying base with the mantle for sure. But you find one person who needs to have the most important soccer jersey of all time, or one of the most, and maybe they buy this for a ridiculous amount of money for a museum. You know, like that's the that's the other thing. 
I have no yeah. answer for that, honestly. I don't either. I don't. It, I don't. I think it just it, it, everything in everything in collectibles just comes down to two people really wanting something. Definitely. And Texas Maradona jersey, hands down. Bud, though, says prettiest mantle at the National, prettier than the D-backs PSA 10, which was on display at the uh, collector's booth. Uh, this one was also on display at the Heritage booth, the 9.5 min plus. I saw both. Both looked really good. I'm not no vintage expert, so I couldn't pick apart the little details between the two, but both look, you know, stellar gem mint to me. Well, even though that's min plus technically, the, but it looks amazing, the the mantle, which is why it's sold for so much, 12.6 million. I want to bring up before we keep on going, um, you do know the hand of God goal was a supposedly cheated to score the goal. Yes, Joseph. I think that probably the point of the hand of God is as a handball and then you scored. Um, or correct me, I guess, if I'm understanding that wrong, but I've seen it before and, and stuff and looked it up. Uh, but back to this really quick here. So we, I was just going to point out the other highest sales of all time before moving into the rest of the cards we're going to look at. So this just beat out the recently selling SGC2 uh, Honus Wagner that sold for $7.25 million on a private sale on August 4th, which was announced after we already knew that this mantle was up for auction. It was sitting at like 5 to $6 million. So that stood for you know 25 days as expected. And then the mantle beat that. But before that, it was last year, August 15th, an SGC3 Honus Wagner sold for $6.6 million. Which is you know six seven hundred thousand dollars less than the SGC two just sold for recently, uh, really showing how much the high end market is still moving today. And then the other two sales, which were tied as the most expensive sales of all time before all the Honus Wagner sold, was the exquisite LeBron of twenty three BGS nine of the ten auto, the most expensive modern card ever at five point two million, and then the fifty two tops Mickey Mantle base PSA nine that uh, Rob G bought for five point two million on January fourteenth, twenty twenty one. So just some I, context there. Hey, I have a question for you. Yeah, Nate. What's the first $20 million card? I mean, if the PSA 10 mantle comes out, I mean, you have to assume it hit $20 million. Okay, now here, here's my next question. We've had multiple people come in here and say that this 9.5 was as good as any of those PSA 10s. Yeah. So do you really think somebody goes in there and says, <clears throat> it, it would have to be somebody uneducated that is buying it then, right? So... I actually like what you just said because you read comments, you read discussion, and it's oh, PSA ten man will sell for over twenty million. But if the people who are spending ten to twenty million are you know really care about what the card is, look at it, talk to high end people, and those high end people are saying, yo, this SGC nine five just is nice. You know, are they really going to spend eight million dollars more, especially when there's three of them? I don't, there is no SGC ten mantles. You have to assume, given that this one just sold for twelve point six. I don't think it was sold for twelve point six if there was a ten out there. Um, but yeah, I, I I actually like what you said, and maybe that's a good question for the for the chat to answer. Do you think that a SG, or do you think that a PSA ten mantle would sell for twenty million right now? Given that there's a lot of discussion in the high end base that this nine five min plus from SGC is just as nice as the three PSA tens. Now, a lot of the time when you see the PSA label sell for a lot now, a lot of it is the hype train. A lot of it is PSA is the only way, which is definitely not true as we've seen and known. Um, but I like that. Nate, what do you think? I don't know. I mean, I will never have I will never have the money to have to worry about a, a thing like this. But I do think <clears throat> that when you're buying a car that expensive, you kind of got to – these people have to know what they're doing, I yeah. would assume. And if they know what they're doing, then they'll know. They'll have done the research to know that if this card is just as good, that you don't buy a PSA 10 for $8 million more dollars. Um, or at least I hope. Yeah. So I do think that if the next PSA 10 buyer is intelligent and does the research, it would be close to this. And if it's just somebody who wants breaking rights and just sees PSA 10 and doesn't do the research, then I do think that it could go significantly higher. I think that's how it hits 20 million. Because like you said, if you're spending that much money, you're definitely talking to people who know what they're doing. And I think people who know what they're doing have said a lot that this is the nicest copy that they've seen or one of just on par with the others. Um, I want to pull up what Matthew Johnson said. Do you think they crack and submit to PSA? I sure hope you're not buying a $12 million card to try to crack a case. There is no chance. So much can go wrong. I feel I, yeah, I mean, I don't think so. I highly doubt it. I think this card is very important for what it is and how it went up for sale as a nine, five min plus with the finest known example stuff with it. And I just can't see that gamble for the extra 8 million. 
I mean, if it looks just as good, you'd think that, that it would work. But uh, I don't know, man. I think it's a dumb idea regardless. All right. Getting on to some, to some other cards here. So the first ones I want to point out, Nate, I threw these in here before uh, we started, okay. was in August on the 18th in the PWCC Premier Auction, there were two Mantle 52s to sell, graded a three. One an SGC three, the other a PSA three. Now, I would have to somehow zoom into this, which honestly, now that I'm using Google Slide Presentation, I'm not sure how to zoom it out. I don't think I can because I'm not using a PDF right now. But the what SG3, I know, I was trying to do something cool because Julian taught me it. Yeah, I'm an old geezer now, I know. Um, the SGC, the SG, which means that Nate's probably dead at this point. But <laughs> also true. The SGC3 at the top is super nice. Like great centering, what you like to see in a low grade vintage card. So for 78 grand in the same auction that PSA three. So for 66 K same technical grade, way different in price, $12,000 difference. The PSA three is definitely uh, more off center than the SGC three, which is very, very well centered. So JR said, did they disclose who bought it? I would think someone would brag about buying that. They did not disclose who bought it. They also didn't really do much pumping of the sale when it happened. So I'm assuming that this is kind of like a, hey, the, the way a heritage works is definitely more of a like uh, these items just pop up and they sell for a ton of money and then life goes on. Um, of course, I want to share out that sales value as quick as I could, um, but I don't know if we'll know who bought this. It doesn't seem like it's it's meant for that. I wonder if they don't just spitball in here, and I don't know if that's true. I wonder if they're not going to broadcast it out until it's confirmed paid for or something. That, I mean, I got to say, if, if they're taking bids at $12 million, they know like it's all verified. It's all linked, linked up to their banks. Like That thing is for sure getting paid for. Like There's no way they're doing just like an open source bidding for that. No, well, yeah, I get that. It's just, it's just, uh, you're why saying, wouldn't, why wouldn't you're they? Saying, it'd be foolish of them to not be pushing it out there as far as they can get it. Well, they, they, they have been now, a day later, a day. Okay. So it, it did just hit Times Square. It's on the billboards, you know, all that stuff. Um, but I, I, I think what I agree with you on is like, they probably want to make sure that the payment was complete, you know, the money went through all that stuff. There's just no hiccups, like boom, it's done all the way, Yeah. which I, I, that's, that's respectable, right? Like you want to make sure that the, that it's all done properly. Um, and Chris, this is a good point. What markets are we talking about being affected? The high end market that 99% of us can't afford. You're right, Chris, we can't afford it. 99% of the people in here can't afford it. But I'd, it, I'd venture to guess that more than 99% can't. 99.99%. Yeah. 0.999 repetitively. Uh, but what the, the point here is, we said that at the beginning of the live stream, is that no, this is not saying that that sale is going to make everything explode because the highest card of all time sold. That is not what this is about. It's looking at the differences specifically right here in SGC and PSA vintage cards and looking at how that could maybe swing a needle on one of these two um, grades versus the other. And then also just think about the vintage market in general, because I have to say the vintage market over the last three months has done better than any market. It has done super well. All the numbers are pointing that way. Cards are selling pretty fast volume wise and all that stuff. And uh, I do think that this sale on the vintage card and specifically, it's too early to tell like, oh my gosh, has, you know, all these different vintage cards sold in the last three days since it's sold? Not necessarily, but like, I think going forward, like, Either this is going to be the start of the decline of the lower end vintage market because this happens, the buildup to the event, the highest selling vintage car of all time, um, or we see it gain more steam and go ahead is the thing. And uh, back to this thing on the screen really quick, the SGC3 versus the PSA3, as we've talked about a few weeks ago, it's always the what does the card look like is going to command the value. So, Nate, in this case, you brought up, well, if the SGC95 looks just like the PSA10s, does a PSA 10 really deserve to sell for 20 million? If you compare these same technical grades, the answer would be no. The better SGC three is sold for $12,000 more. So if you think it's the same exact looking card, they probably both was sold for 78,000 or both was sold for 66,000 in that case. I agree. And then going back, turning back the clock to see what they sold for prior to this. Now this is interesting. This is very interesting. A very good looking SGC three on the top there. Maybe a little off-center top to bottom. Not a whole lot. Sold for $60,000 on January 27th. The one that sold more recently sold for $78,000. That's $18,000 more. Um, of course, we're not looking at the exact back of the card. Maybe there's a reason why this one sold for $18,000 more because a certain feature of this card looked that much better. 
But the PSA 3 that looks pretty similar to the PSA 3 that just sold in August, but back in January sold for 66K, the exact same amount sold for in August of this year, right before the 9.5 min plus sold. You see I'm getting out here, Nate? Mm -hmm. The SGC 3 increased 18 grand on the PSA didn't move in the same amount of time because, well, not because necessarily, but possibly because the 9.5 SGC min plus was selling in August. And I take this brief moment here. We got here pretty quick, actually. I think it's going to come up this quick. I want to point out um, our whatnot stream our whatnot stream schedule for this week. Uh, on Wednesday, Nate is hosting What's Brewing on Whatnot, the app. Um, make sure to download it if you have not already. We're doing – well, I'm actually going to be on it too, but I'll be in the Netherlands, which I'll bring up next. Uh, we are going to be giving away $750 in different boxes of football cards. So we've got some Chronicles Hybrid. We've got some Prism uh, hanger boxes, a lot of fun stuff. And uh, you all should join that to get a little preseason talk and a little excitement for the NFL season coming. And then on Thursday, as of right now, it could be on Saturday. I do not have that exact time. Just be on the lookout for our Formula One stream this week. I am going to be in the Netherlands with Papa Slabs, and we are going to be doing a full giveaway show live from the Netherlands, live from the Dutch Grand Prix. We'll try to do as close to the track as possible. I don't know exactly where we're going to be able to do it yet, but we've got a ton of giveaways. Some awesome Lewis Hamilton cards, a bunch of T-shirts, um, a dual signed hat. We have a, a sweet Max card, as you see right there. It's going to be a really fun time, and I hope that everyone can make it. So just look, be on the lookout Thursday, Friday, or Saturday on whatnot. Uh, look up Slab Stocks for the giveaway stream. What kind of food do they have in the Netherlands? Have you looked that up? I got no idea. They've been so busy. I have no idea what we're doing. Let me get there. <laughs> but I'll find out and hopefully that's, find That's rule food. number one going anywhere. Find the food. <laughs> that's my rule number one anyways. Uh, yep. Um, JR said, is it known who owns the PSA tens though? Right. I remember one being an owner of a baseball team. Yes. The Diamondbacks owner of the Diamondbacks collection or whatever has got one of the PSA tens. I don't know who has the others, but there's something here that says, uh, that someone spent $500,000 on cards. That is definitely not enough to get a Mickey Mantle PSA 1052. Maybe, maybe the Diamondbacks owner could sell a PSA 10 and afford to actually put a quality product on the field. Nate, I think we're I, I think we're coming up with some good business ideas there, right? I think we are too. Uh, uh, why go to that Grand Prix? Is it the Gasly home race? No, it's not. Uh, Pierre Gasly is French, and that already happened. This is the Max Verstappen uh, home race. The reason why we're going now is just because the scheduling worked out best, and also the access we we're able to get for this Grand Prix was uh, still available. And we've got some pretty awesome uh, things we'll be able to do there. Go down the pit lane. Uh, hopefully talk to some drivers. It's going to be a really fun time. I'm very excited. All right, Nate, you got some stuff in here. Let's start talking about some uh, some lower dollar vintage sales now, which is, you know, this is a good good thing to talk about because Chris did bring a valid point. Hey, which markets are we talking about? If it's a high end, you know, none of us can afford it. But this is some $20 and $50 cards right here. Yeah. Um, and just real quick, this is a one-off little segment before we get into PSA versus SGC. But I just thought it was interesting. I was looking at a bunch of different vintage cards. <coughs> August 28th, best offer, $55. August 27th, P PSA 5, $22. Is it because of the mantle sale that all of a sudden this random um, Paul <laughs> Molitor rookie is uh, higher priced? Not going to say that, but if you go to the next slide, Aaron... This was the highest sale I could find all time for this card in a PSA 5 at $50. I know $5 isn't much, but it was a little bit interesting. This, the day after that mantle sells and ends, this card is getting popped for the highest price it's ever been popped for. Nate, I got to ask you a question. You're someone who isn't like you who's in baseball cards every day, but you just, you know, you work a different job. And you had cards when you were younger, probably some, you know, 50s, 60s, no, probably some 60s, 70s or 80s cards. Maybe your dad had or mom had some 50s or earlier. And you see on CNN or Forbes or Bloomsburg or Fox or wherever, Times Square, that the highest sale of a sports card ever sold. It's a 52 Mickey Mantle. You say, oh, that's awesome. Do you think how many people do you think saw that? Thought of their favorite player, looked up a, a, a card online, and was like, hey, I got 50 bucks to spend. I want to get a card like that above my favorite player. A huge possibility. Because the, <laughs> the thing is, is when you see sales are that different in price, 55 versus 2250, 
there's a chance that people are buying who do not care that's $30 more, but just want to have the card that's available and that they can get without having to think to go get it later, like five days later on an auction. People like us, we're waiting. We know we can go drop those bids. We can find one later, save the searches. There's probably a group of people who maybe just went and looked up a card like that, Topps card, and bought it because it's the cheapest price available of a reasonable grade or something. Yeah. Which so I like that. That's a good example, Nate. Is uh, nice to nice to be the owner of those cards at this point. <laughs> For but sure. I, just, I thought it was cool because it was it was one of the few examples I could find that higher than any other price. And and again, not an expensive card, but I didn't think that just centering could cause a card to go thirty dollars higher than the day before. You know, for something that cheap. Yeah. Right. Um, so let's get into it. Uh, we have Aaron alluded to this earlier and we've got a lot of SGC compared to PSA prices here. Um, and so what we're kind of trying to see is, you know, huge SGC card just sold PSA and SGC are kind of, at least in my mind and probably a lot of other people's minds, the one and two graders. Now I know there's going to be a lot of Bowman Chrome guys that say BGS all the way. I'd rather die than put anything a Bowman Chrome card into anything but a BGS slab. And to them, I say, well, you're losing money because uh, everywhere we go, it's like, what is BGS doing? Why are they doing that? I have people ask me, are they even going to be relevant in the yeah. years coming? And that's been asked for a while now. So for me, me PSA, SGC, top of the list, BGS, a, a far distant third at this point. Can I uh, talk about something? I'm going to take as little time as possible right now, but I want to bring up the differences in value if or the differences in cost of grading if you submit vintage cards to PSA or SGC because I think I'll give good context here looking at the prices of each as we go. So if, okay. you submit, if you submit a vintage card to PSA that is $1,000 or higher, or sorry, $1,000 or lower, you can grade it for $50. If you submit it and it's $5,000, Sorry, $2,500 to $5,000, it would be $300. There's a couple of different prices in there, but just keep in mind, $2,500 to $5,000 is $300. If you submit a card to SGC, that is between $2,500 and $5,000. It's probably around $125 to grade it. Their pricing tier is a little bit different. Now, if you go all the way up to say, hey, Nate, if you would have graded that mantle with SGC, the 9.5, it would have cost you $3,750 to grade the mantle with SGC. If you go to PSA, hey, what if I graded the mantle with PSA? $10,000 over double the price. And then almost if you look at something price. that, what do you say? I said almost triple the price. Right. And then <laughs> let's just say you go and you look at something that's more like the SGC3 and the PSA3 mantle we looked at. $2,000, actually $3,000 to PSA through SGC, it would have been $2,000. So still a $1,000 price difference um, there. So Keep in mind going forward, if you are to like submit these cards and try to think about it that way, I know not everyone's buying a Mantle 52 Raw, but just bring up some context. And last thing, Bud just reminded me of it. Can't trust BGS to authenticate cards, unfortunately. BGS, between the three companies that Nate just brought up, does not have a guarantee on their grades. If they grade something, it's not to be fake. They do not pay out the value difference in what you you know what the value of the card's worth versus now it being fake and worth zero dollars um they would not cover the card psa and sgc both do so there's a massive difference in companies to where buying a bgs graded mantle is by no means a safe bet and i would not do it in any way or shape or form or even modern cards we just heard about the curry two days ago remember mm -hmm. the trim the curry that got you know cracked out bgs9 okay. sent to psa they sent it back as trimmed, but BGS authenticated. So now, you know, you're solved luck. Yep. All right. I'll let Nate get going here now. All right. So keeping in mind that <coughs> there is some slight price difference here. Is it just a $20 price difference on these grades? Uh, you're saying if, if you were to grade this specific specific card, yeah, it's 20 bucks. And you're paying $30 through SGC's website for to grade the Killer Brew versus 50 on, on uh, PSAs. And no upcharge. Yeah, yeah, Th that that is based on the value of the card. Okay. Um. So yeah. So then we want to go and we want to check at the SGC sold card and then find PSA um, equivalents and see if we can find anything. So SGC six of this Harmon Killebrew 1955 tops, four hundred seventy five dollars, August 29th. 
August 28th, a $5.5430. And of course, again, the caveat being centering and all that stuff has to plays into these grades. And we can't really get that zoomed in on these to be able to tell. Not to mention it would take a while to nitpick every single detail of the car to figure out what people would pay for more for. But also, this is a 6 versus a 5.5. Keep that in mind, too. Correct. So now if you go to the next page, a 6 versus a 6. And there is your $30 difference there. $505 for the PSA 6. $475 for the SGC 6. Um, so if you grade it with PSA, you're netting 10 extra dollars. Um, but... At least for me, the amount of time it takes to get graded might yeah, be worth I was gonna, saying no to that 10 bucks and getting it sold. I was going to bring that up too because I, I didn't say that, okay, it's $50 to grade this killer through PSA, but that would have taken you six months. Through SGC, it would have taken you five days. So the huge time difference there, huge time savings and everything. But even if, I mean, that's still very similar in value, pretty much commanding the same price for both holders, the same grade. To uh, be Matthew fair, Johnson, that, that PSA 6, that looks like an old... Uh... <coughs> old holder so it might have taken six days back then too <laughs> good one Nate. uh matthew johnson said only bad thing about sgc i had a card return since it didn't have a slab big enough which didn't make sense since it was a football ntrpa uh matthew i gotta point this on this i actually just talked to sgc on the phone today about this because we had a card in our submission for someone that came back and said too too thick to hold her um the way that this happens and they're working actively right now to make sure this doesn't happen going forward is that the card that you submitted was actually a little bit bigger than the standard size of that same specific card from the same specific set, all that stuff. They have graded tons of NTRPAs. You can go look them up. They're out there. I submitted a card as well of, of ours, a hockey card, a couple um, months ago or a month or two ago, and it came back the same way, too large, You know, cannot hold her. If it's a little bit taller, they can't hold her based on the size of the slabs, all that stuff. So they're actively working right now to make sure that if a card comes in, that's authentic from the manufacturer, all that stuff. And it does have like a millimeter bigger on the top edge, or it's a little bit thicker um, that it can get slabbed or the patch sticks out of the window a little bit more. It's not necessarily that, um, you know, they don't grade those types of cards. It's just that specific card. Exactly. So hopefully, you know, that happens a very small amount, but in the future, I know if they said they're going to fix it as quickly as possible. So good to know that. Cool. Nice to know they are adjusting. <laughs> Definitely. So 1956 Sandy Koufax Whiteback SGC 6.5 sold $750 August 29th. Um, and I know this is, uh, you know, half a month earlier, but same card PSA 6 sold August 12th, $589.99. Um, pretty significant difference, obviously half a grade lower. Um, and then you have the half a grade higher PSA 7. That sold for $912. Um, pretty close to the same, pretty close to the exact same difference in price for that half grade between the two. Very close. I want to mention one thing. Sorry, then I'll stop. <laughs> uh, I want to reiterate to Matthew that they also do not charge if that happens. Like the if the holder is not big enough to fit that card, they wouldn't charge you for the grading of that card. Um, they'd send it back without charging just to make sure that's clear so that people don't think that they're not grading it and you know keeping the money. Um, and then uh, SHN MRA ARI says, uh, thoughts on PSA and SGC grading standards. You always hear how hard PSA's grading standards has risen over the years. That was a thing for a while. And I was like, we, we had an outstanding sub for like a year and a half at PSA. And I was like, oh man, I'm going to get butchered. And then I think I got like 73, <laughs> 73% PSA tense, which um, doesn't seem like it's uber hard. So I don't, I don't know what to make of, of that because I did hear that rumor too, and then we get back our own sub, and it, I was expecting it to get murdered, and it didn't. Can I? I'll I'll talk about this for a little bit. So back when they shut down all the grading, had to hire a ton of new graders to get through the backlog and new incoming submissions for super super expensive values. I think that they threw graders out there way too early, dude. The grades were so inconsistent. Cards that I thought others thought would get tens were coming back eights. All this stuff, people, you know, what uh, SHN, yada, uh, dot, 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 said was pretty much true at the time was that, you know, their standards were were like going whack. No consistency, which is actually what made me sit there and think, oh, man, this is actually pretty darn lame. You're paying someone a ton of money 
and you're getting back cards that are completely off from what you see, what others see who have graded a ton of cards as well. It makes no sense. And now recently, you're right, Nate, that there has been, I feel like, a lot more people saying, well, PSA is just grading everything at 10. And then other people say, well, no, my cards, I think, are 10s or 9s. I just think there's not enough consistency. I have to say, I've sent in a lot of cards that, as you see in the last six months, ever since I really felt like that, all that stuff happening. The consistency is is amazing. Um, cards I see, I think, are nines or gain nines. Think that they're getting nine fives, nine fives, tens, uh, tens. Obviously, sometimes can't be right all the time, um, and maybe they're not right all the time. I mean, you know, every company has their has their downfalls when it comes to cards that get graded, maybe undergrade, overgrade. But uh, sometimes we send in cards that I think are low grades, and you think are high grades, and then they come back from SGC low grades. Jordan Lawler, cough cough. How about Jude Bellingham? I thought that was a high grade guy at 10. It's true. He thought it was low grade. So I guess we both have one on each other there. And then JR, why is there such a stigma uh, with cards grade less than a 10? I literally heard someone at a show tell, uh, ask someone what they had in, in 10s only. I feel like if you don't have a 10, it's worthless. That is a very, very not true thing in my mind. I know that others do think that though. I've also hear people say, if it's not a 10, I don't want it. I think that is not a great way to go about it, especially in today's market. If you do think that way, you will end up spending money that you shouldn't on cards that are not worth it, or you will close off yourself to like 75% of the market, which is a really bad idea in my mind. Um, Especially for cards that are already serial numbered. Like the scarcity oh. is already baked in. Yeah. And then you're going to say, no, nah, I'm not going to buy a SGC8 or <laughs> PSA8 or a BGS8 because, <clears throat> you know, like if it's a gold. I'll take any. I'll take any gold, any orange, any red. I agree with you. And then I'll take it one step further, Nate, that once you say that, well, serial number cards, it's like, yeah, you know, you, you're buying because of the card. The non-numbered cards have done very poorly in the last two years to the point where people don't even really want them unless they are like a super short print color blast type of thing, you know? So at that point, yeah. it's like, well, why does the pop report matter as much? Which I would say it doesn't as serial number cards and autographs are so much more important now. Also... If you like a card, like I've been having, I was telling Aaron yesterday, I've been having a lot of fun with Adoka as a bookie, um, low numbered, cheap stuff. And uh, for me, I mean, most of it's not graded anyways, because who's grading Adoka as a bookie? <laughs> but besides that, <clears throat> if I had a choice between a PSA 10 or a PSA 8, and I could get a PSA 8 for my collection for half the price, you know, of a PSA 10 guaranteed on buying that PSA. I don't need it to be a 10 to be in my collection. Definitely. Don't care at all. Great point, Nate. And actually I'm just going through something similar right now. Graded, you know, now two sets, just about fully graded of the stranger Things season four promos, deciding which one I'm going to hang on the wall, which one I'll sell later down the line. I'm going to be completely content with keeping all the lowest graded ones. I don't, I don't need a, you know, I only hit one 10 out of 30 cards. That's how hard they are to grade. Nancy got a 10. And I'm totally fine with having uh, the lowest Nancy? grade one. Really? Bro, I don't know what your beef is with Nancy, but oh, we don't Lord. have to get into that right now. Uh, season one. You remember Nancy from season one? That's my beef with Nancy. Yeah, but but season <laughs> one is goaded, so it doesn't matter. She let her friend die. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, season one. But guess what? She lives and she learns. Ends of season four. She's freaking awesome. So, But Nate holds a grudge the whole time, so it doesn't matter what happens. I do. <laughs> All right, jumping back into this right now. And JR, of course, you're welcome. Anyone who wants to answer or ask questions, feel free to go ahead. And anyone can also help pitch in and give information too. We're not the only in information suppliers out there, obviously. We love for other people to give their thoughts as well. And uh, he says, love, or JR says, love what you guys do for the collector. We uh, try our best. We do try very hard to, to make the hobby a great place for collectors everywhere. All right, so moving on, we've got my favorite vintage card ever created and that's because i got to hold one in my hands and it was awesome like raw the raw copy in my hands 1953 top satchel page sgc1 sold for 500 bucks aaron what did our sgc 1.5 sell for it got like 600 or 575 okay <coughs> and then um a psa <coughs> oh <laughs> sorry i've been doing pretty well uh a psa1 sold also $500 fixed price one day earlier, which I thought was pretty interesting. Um, I do think there's a second example on the next page. Yep, a 1.5. A 1.5. Um, sold for 500 August 20th. So, like, sometimes 
you know, these grades don't really don't really matter because somebody paid the same price for a PSA one as a 1.5 eight days later. And that all goes back to what does the car look like? That PSA one could look better than the 1.5, but PSA thought 1.5 should have had a higher grade. You know, like it's just people who do buy vintage. I do think, and Nate, you brought this up earlier three weeks ago. What happens if uneducated people are buying vintage and they're just buying based on the grade, like modern. Um, yeah, it could sway the numbers, but I do think that vintage card collectors for years and years and years, super educated, super technical with how they're buying cards, what they're buying and why. So I do very much so admire vintage collectors and everything. And, and uh, what, Nate? Well, I mean, you held, you held that satchel page, right? You saw how good the color was. Um, and it's like that type of thing that until you kind of submerse yourself in it a little bit, until you like get to know that it's hard it's hard to know anything about this stuff until you're in it yourself and then all of a sudden it's like wait this color pops off this card so well i don't care if it's centered i don't care if there's paper loss on the back it looks so good yeah i have to say nate i was going through all the sgc submissions that got submitted say the last day for 8 30 submission and shipley i uh, said thanks to you guys overnight my shipment and you helped answer my questions and got checked in today uh we are trying to provide the best possible the best customer service that's out there for for submissions uh everything's been checked in so far for the submission sent out all that stuff but i want to say i opened up a package six mod or five modern cards and one vintage card coming from one order five modern cards some football modern you know your trey lance run-of-the-mill stuff the sixth one walter Payton rookie i looked Ooh, at that and 76? i said yeah and it wasn't that it was not high grade okay i'm talking like off center you know rounded corners all that stuff but you look at that card and you say, I know this is the Walter Payton card. You look at that Trey Lance and you go, that looks like the $50,000 Trey Lance card that's been made this year. Yeah. And it, that was just kind of like, I mean, I've been having, I had some vintage cards in my collections for years now, but that's like a moment of realization where it's like, you can get that 56 Jackie or 56 Aaron or 54 Aaron rookie and say, I have the card, regardless of if it's a one, three, seven, ten. there's two or one or two tens out there, but I don't care. I have the card. You look at the other ones and it's like, do you have the card? I don't know. You know, I mean, I do know and you do too what the sought after stuff is, but people who just pick it up, you're like, I don't know what this is, right? Like, have you ever seen the um, gas monkey? I think they're called gas monkey guys own a garage and they uh, fix up old cars, but they don't, they don't remove rust. They don't paint over them. Um, They don't make them look new or anything. They keep all the flaws because they want it to be, you know, if they're driving around a 1960s Plymouth, they want it to be looking like a 1960s Plymouth in 2022, just drivable. Right. And um, as somebody who would take out his cards as a little six-year-old, seven-year-old, eight-year-old and touch them and put them back in the box and sort them and sort them all the time by set, by team, um, sorted 10 ways till Sunday type of thing. <laughs> They're all in terrible shape now. And I, I think that, you know, modern cards, yeah, I want them in good shape, but like vintage, I almost feel there's more of an appeal to me if there is flaws. I, I've i actually thought that myself too in the past and very happy with, you know, Hank and three rookie. And I, my mine is very centered. I have to say what Thomas Wright says is true. You know, centering is king in vintage. It definitely is, but so is color. You know, Nate brought up like the whole color thing. I'm mean, at least from my IAPL aspect, in my opinion, right? Like I'm not a huge vintage collector, so I don't want to answer for the entire vintage market. But in my mind, color and centering. If those two things look good, you have a nice car regardless of if there's a crease in it, the edges are destroyed, the corners are destroyed. Uh, I, I just think it's awesome. Let's probably move on to the next card, right? Yeah, yeah. We're we, nine <laughs> minutes till the, till an hour. Um, Willie Mays, Grayback SGC4 from 1956 tops, 470 bucks. And the Willie Mays PSA for Grayback um, nine days earlier, $500. <coughs> and then a PSA 3, 445 So um, a full grade difference, you know, the same grade, 30 bucks more, a full grade lower, uh, $25 less. I got to say that that 445 sale is so close to the PSA 4, 4 versus 3, that definitely that 3 probably oversold a lot of the other 3s out there. Because that is really, really close, like in price for a full grade difference. But still, I get what you're saying. Yeah. And then I put this one in here, Nate, because I found something similar. Um, an SGC 5.5 5 
August 28th, 2022. So for $1,320 um, on PWCC. And then on Heritage on June 26th, a Willie Mays 55 PSA 5.5, the same technical grade. So for the same exact price, different platform, $1,320. Um, I don't know if you all are sensing the trend, but we can talk about towards the end, Nate. But to me, SGC and PSA, they're literally on the same exact playing field vintage-wise. Yeah. Like, and we might we might just want to cruise through these just so because yeah. I do have some questions for you about this. Oh, and then lastly, uh, the one that just sold a night ago, I know it had the top 30% uh, sold for like $700 or sorry, $600 more than it sold for last October. Same exact 5.5 grade. Wow. Um, Roger Maris, 1958 tops rookie SGC four at $336 an auction. <coughs> the PSA four. This is this is where it kind of gets interesting. August 29th, a day later. $420 on auction. So that's a pretty drastic difference there. Um, but the uh, two days earlier, PSA 4, August 26th, best offer, 350 which so, is much more in line. Yeah, it could be any specific reason why someone want to pay more on that specific copy. Yeah. And that one was actually verified. Um, beautiful card here, 52, Jackie Robinson. Love it. I would love to have this card one day. I was going to buy one three years ago, a PSA one or two, I think for like a thousand dollars. I should have. Oh, <laughs> oh, I know. Missed chance. Not I that know. you would have sold it. So yeah, well, yeah. I probably wouldn't have sold it. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but SGC two, $5,160, August 28th and PSA two, $6,000, August 21st. Um, and there's probably a drastic difference there in grading price. And then uh, PSA 1.5, $4,330, August 22nd. Um, and I thought this one was interesting. Just kind of, kind of, I just wanted to bring it up because it's such a, such a massive, massive card. $114,000 for an SGC 8 on Heritage the other day. Um, and th- this is one that I don't really understand. So I know it got the PWCCE. Yeah. But a PSA 8, two months earlier. Um, for a hundred and fifty thousand more dollars, or hundred fifty thousand more dollars. I I saw this and I was like, "What? Like this is crazy! I cannot believe this was actually an example here." Because everything else, even the higher end stuff, very level playing field, or in some cases, you know, SGC, depending on if the IP is better, sells for more. I see this and I looked at that Jackie right here, dude. That card looks great. I know it looks small to me right now, but that like the centering looks really really good on that. And the only thing that I can sit here and think of is that maybe more people were distracted with some other card a night ago, the Mickey Mantle, yep, on Heritage, than a Jackie Robinson. And then also the whole, you know, top 15% eye appeal from PWCC. It does make a price difference. If you are selling vintage, they do free eye appeal appraisals and uh, put the stickers on the cards that they put in the top 30, 15, and 5%. It does help the prices a lot if you do get that designation. But if it's me, dude, give me the SEC 8. 10 out of 10 times, whatever. I mean, that is such a good deal. I will take two of those SGC8s and (laughs) $50,000. Seriously, that was a – it seems like a steal compared to this PSA8. I have to look at more, you know, data to see if it actually was a steal. But either way, at least compared to that PSA8, definitely a deal. Though, I wouldn't scoff if somebody wanted to give me the PSA8. (laughs) I wouldn't. 1952 Jackie Robinson. 1952 Jackie Robinson. I agree. Um, And then last couple, not not huge – Huge cards here. SGC 2.5, August 28th, $264 for the 1959 Mantle. 1959 Mantle on PWCC Weekly, August 28th, 2022. Again, auction for PSA 3, $408. Yeah, and definitely a lot of difference in centering on that one. Can easily yeah. see that. You can see you can see the centering, uh, how yeah. atrocious it is, both side to side and top to bottom on the 2.5 above. Yeah, that's all shoved in the corner. Yep. And then the PSA 3 um $306 which i thought was uh interesting because you can see the centering is bad on that one and yeah. it's significantly closer to the price yeah it, it is that is very different i mean that's pretty close for a half point grade difference but it is because of that centering issue and that's what we've been talking about so much and then i think this is the last one roberto clemente 1956 tops white back sgc3 um $290. The PSA 2, July 31st, $222. Is 
This I do think is a lot. You might have the same slide twice. Oh, then there's a 2.5. And then a 2.5. I don't think I could find a, a, a PSA 3. Um, and then 2.5, $310, August 26th. Make of that what you will. Yeah, that is the end. All right. Yeah. What, do you, what do you got, Nate? Big idea wise. Um, <clears throat> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. What? You okay? My, my brain is failing me. Oh, I was, I was like, are you, are you hurt? <laughs> he um, had a huge idea. Yeah. I, oh, man. I had, a, I had a good question for you. Crap. Oh, boy. Here, you start, and then maybe I'll think of it. Okay. I got it. So there's a lot of comments in the beginning. Oh, this sale does nothing for the market. It's just, you know, high end, high end, going up, going up, ultra high end. You know, the big high end people probably celebrate, you know, all oh, that. 9.5 min plus sells for 12.6. I'm sure that PSA 9 at 5.2 is super excited about that, all that different stuff. Um, I do think it has actually a lot to do with the the lower side of the market. Not that I think that where there's like the the two sides of the fence, like some people are like, oh, this is going to make everything so valuable. And then other people are like, no, it's not. It's just a high-end card. But I think it's somewhere in the middle. This is very, very, very important when something like this sells for the overall publicity of the sports card market. Nate texted me the night that sold. This is going to be literally on every single news channel. You look up a day or two later, it's on every single news channel that you know you can think of. You can pretty much type in Mickey Mail 12.6 and you'll get all these different links from ESPN, Fox, like I said, NBC, whatever, you know, CNN you want to say. Um, and, and that does something for sure. It definitely makes people think. When we had COVID and all the different cards were getting reported on, you know, going up in crazy in price, the last dance. I know I've heard firsthand accounts, so many people, the last dance came out. They open up their closet and try to find their Michael Jordan cards. How many people are opening up their closet and trying to find their older vintage baseball cards? Probably a lot right now. You know, you get you get this card to sell and people say, well, what are mine worth? And it happens all the time. And then they go look it up. Maybe someone gets interested. Maybe someone joins the hobby. It is really important. It is a really big deal. I don't want to sit here and say it's going to make anything more valuable because it's not. And I'm not going to say that because that'd be, that'd be dumb to say that. Um, but I do think that's important. I just don't want to, you know, downplay the importance of that regardless of which case it's in, although huge W for SEC, they now have the three highest selling cards of all time, the 9.5 mantle, the two mantle and the three, sorry, the two Wagner and the three Wagner are all in SGC cases. All right. I remembered it. Yep. So shout out me, shout out to my brain. Um, usually I use my wife as my brain. Anytime I need to remember something, I ask her and if she doesn't know, I ask Aaron. <laughs> if he doesn't know, then it's lost forever. Um, <clears throat> but we know SGC, um, you know, cut their teeth on vintage grading. That's how they were known. That's how they got known. 25 plus years. You know, a lot of people think SGC knew. No, not new. A long time here. And and a lot of that buildup of trust is why people like, you know, SGC for vintage. And that's why the prices are as close as they are compared to PSA counterpoints. Um, my question is, we know that for vintage, do you think it will, do you think this sale is going to maybe boost SGC in modern now? Because vintage was always there and we just looked at vintage and it's always been there. Um, but Tom was just telling me, Tom Wright, shout out, um, that the other day he was selling or he was, he had some, PSA <coughs> graded Star Wars slabs and the guy turned them down because he only wanted SGC graded Star Wars slabs. You would never have heard that a year ago. No. Um, so I, I am curious because like, while I enjoy going through these and seeing how close the prices are and saying, Hey, you know, SGC PSA kind of even on the vintage playing field, it's kind of expected from me anyways, because I know, how they got their start. Um, I am more curious on your thoughts on if this will help modern catch up. Yes. Great question. I want to look up something here as I talk about this. Um, I heard from C Bled. shout out to C Bled, by the way, huge donor for slab stocks and Cam Kessum, a charity event this year, did an awesome job supplying a lot of pride. He posted something um, that was saying that, you know, there's talk about out there about what Nate's question was, is modern going to close the gap with SGC prices versus PSA? And First of all, like I said, look at the last two years, it's closed the gap a ton. It is by far and away so much higher for SGC compared to or PSA, like the percentage difference 
than it's really ever been. More people are going to SGC now um, than really ever, with you know, barring the last you know three months. And we spend can around confirm there. that. How many cards con- did we get this month? Yeah, three thousand in August. Three thousand cards, and that's only with promotion for like promotion, meaning even talking about it for about twenty five days. Um, we really just jumped on the scene. It wasn't like, Hey, this is coming in August. It just jumped on the scene. 3000 cards, huge cards too, you know, multi-thousand dollar cards, like crazy and smaller cards too. Cause you know, for $23 a card, it's a great price to get cards great and turn around five days. But I'm looking here. I want to look at the last select field level silver of Justin Herbert PSA 10, um, versus SGC 10. Cause let's just say that's like a, you know, a benchmark for a card in the market. Um, the last PSA 10 silver of Herbert, non-numbered obviously sold for a thousand dollars of that card, the field level, you go and look at, uh, the last SGC 10 to sell. They don't sell as frequently. Um, that just more people grade that card with PSA, but the last one was 675. So this capacity, yes, the PSA 10 of that Herbert card is much more valuable than the SGC 10 of the Herbert card. Now the things that aren't seen there is the whole difference in cost of grading, the turnaround time. Can you get a 9.5 versus a nine is a major thing in my book. The fact that you can get an SGC 9.5, and they actually do sell for very respectable values, which is higher than PSA now on so many cards. It's a massive difference because with PSA, if you don't get that 10, you're probably going to lose your, your grading fee and money on a ton of the cards you grade. And then it's going to play a difference in what people think going forward while grading. And then on top of that, just to answer the question with you're saying specifically, is the gap going to close just in card values with SGC versus PSA? With me, I've seen that gap, that gap shrink a lot because of the amount of different rare and unique cards that I've been grading over the last six months. The biggest price discrepancy comes in the cards that are not that rare. They're not that sought after in a collector sense are the ones that sell the furthest discrepancy in price between PSA and SGC. You get a card that's numbered, that people want for their collection, that they value highly, that is hard to find, and it's going to sell very well in the SGC slab. I do think this is going to do well for the modern market for SGC. Um, we'll get it up to an equal playing field on the non-numbered modern Justin Herbert select field level silver. Maybe not right away, you know, a year from now, maybe. But all I got to say is that 10s are not gimmies um, with SEC. If it's a 10, it's a, it's a really good card because even, I mean, we did get, you know, people got a lot of 10s in our submission that we did the August 15th one. But you could tell that it's a lot of 9.5s too. You know, get that 10, it's actually a big, big, you know, boost, I think. Um, it's harder to get, and I think eventually you'll see it command the value, um, especially the pristine gold labels. Can I also say we graded now that was fifth, like around 1,100 cards with the 815 submission, not one gold label. 1,100 cards, Nate, not one pristine gold label. Not in that box. Never mind. <laughs> I was going to grab my Aaron Ashby gold label. I got you. I've got an 11 sticker gold label, actually. The one I pulled. I bought it back from the guy that, that, that I pulled it from. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but, okay, I, I just I just gave my thoughts. Do you have anything else? Um, No, I just I, – I don't know. You know, you've been in this longer than me, so I wanted to hear your thoughts on it. I think, obviously, any recognition is good recognition. And getting your slab, even if they don't mention SGC by name or anything in the article, just having people see it. And say, uh, graded nine five by who is that? Maybe they maybe one in every ten thousand people that sees an article looks it up. That's still a positive. And also, I have to say, they probably are for sure mentioning SGC's name and have the, how they graded and all that stuff. Like, yeah, I get what you're saying. Like, worst case scenario, let's just say they say nothing about you. See that slab, you'll recognize it later. That's what you're trying to say, right? Yeah, I agree with you for sure. And. uh S-H-N-M-R-A-A-R-A. Submitting my first 10 cards with you guys right now. Slapstocks.com slash grading. Thank you so much for doing that. And uh, like I said, continuous submissions will be rolling um, with SGC. And obviously, you know, we are speaking from the perspective of being an SGC group submitter. I am, at least. And I I know Nate, too, obviously, is part of that, just in a different state. Um, The whole thing here is that, like, I have a lot of PSA cards in the other room. I have not ripped all my cards out of PSA cases. I'm definitely not doing that. But from a perspective of value and all that stuff, you know where our heart lies um, with the whole SEC value play and the quick turnaround times. But we'll still analyze the market, you know, objectively with all the sales data, or at least we'll do our best to do that. And you all can can help out and supply your thoughts too. Yep. Um, and also, yep, right here, big takeaway now is that SEC 
slash CGC pretty much overtaking BGS. Yeah, BGS is so left in the dust. Like they are so left in the dust right now. Nate, what would people say all the time? Uh, last thing here, what would people say all the time for why BGS is still relevant? You, I don't know if you have the exact answer, but uh, <clears throat> from what I see, it's because they're antiquated and always graded with BGS, so they'll only ever grade with BGS. Yeah, now that's that's a good thought as well. But I was gonna say some of the biggest cards of all time have been graded by BGS, and you look. Oh. 2013, 2009, 2008. How many big cards are getting graded with them now? Not that many. There are a few, but I get your point. I mean, it was all the way up to like 2018. You'll see a lot of Luis Robert. You'll see a lot of, you know, Juan Soto, Ronald Acuna, BGS, 9-5. Yeah, and you're looking at it from a Bowman Chrome perspective too, I get. But yeah. Either either You do not see that many Bowman Chrome cards graded by BGS nowadays. No. Seriously, yeah. There's there's a clear difference there. And uh Ed, we hope you are doing great as well. Thanks for popping in tonight. Uh, I hope everyone had a great time uh watching the show. Shout out to everyone that has came tonight. It's been a fun time talking about the mantle sale. And uh and then I also want to point out this because this is a good point here from Yui. Uh tens across all grading companies that are big now are becoming difficult. PSA has been notorious uh for lack of tens. Several major smears who average a fifty to sixty percent gem rate now average half that. So I guess it's a crapshoot to say the least. Uh, hopefully you got some good looking cards, I guess, is what it comes down to. But I will say on RN, like I said, the consistent grading is such a big positive for SGC in my eyes. What I see generally is what it's going to get. Um, and like I said, I don't know everything. I've graded well over a thousand cards in my life. Um, so I've seen a lot. But uh, yeah, I mean, I guess test out for yourself to see is what it comes down to. Thank you, everyone, for joining tonight's show. The next time we will be live is going to be on YouTube here at Sunday night, 9.45 p.m. Eastern time for the Flip Quest. But be sure to check out our streams throughout this week on Whatnot as Nate will be going live with me for the What's Brewing. And then I'll be going live from the Netherlands at the Dutch Grand Prix to give away a ton of Formula One items, cards, signed stuff. It's going to be a fun time. I hope you all can join. I hope you have a great rest of your week, and we will see you all there. Bye, guys.